Welcome to the best podcast in the world. This is the Strength and Skills Podcast. This is Nick Chibuzek, your favorite host in the world for the best podcast in the world with his, your most favorite co-host in the world, Rado, the boss, Bossage. Hi, hi, hi. What's up, Nick? <laughs> I'm so energized. All yeah. right. After this so energized, very warm welcome for all the listeners, we would like to take you guys on a ride today. And the ride today is a very large topic that we love to talk about because it's so interesting and we might have different opinions about that with you as a listener and maybe you have some stuff where you don't agree or you maybe you do agree but on the other hand that's why we are listening to podcasts to hear new views on stuff all right let's jump into this the the the, the big topic today is injury prevention and we're gonna talk about Is it really injury prevention or is what we need some risk reduction? And that's going to be interesting because everybody in the world is stretching the shit out of themselves and is doing all the mobility drills. And we're going to question this today. Is mobility preventing? What do you think, Rado? Um, well, so, yeah. You have it everywhere, top five exercises to prevent injuries. It's all over YouTube, all over the mainstream media stuff. And um, yeah, let's play with these uh, words, with this wording, injury prevention or injury risk reduction. So I prefer the term injury risk reduction because when you look at it, injury prevention, you can't really prevent injuries. like. If you're someone who trains heavy, sooner or later, an injury is going to happen, you know? Um, and this is due to many, many factors. It's the reality and it's something that you have to live with and accept, you know? If you're, if you're thriving in a sport, it happens. It happens to the best, best athletes, happens to us. And you have different sports and different sports have different injury rates, no? And when you look at weight training, it's relatively low in risk in comparison to something like football, you know, where you have really a lot of movement variety and you can't really plan positions. Here, you're just moving in pretty straightforward motions and you can do a lot of stuff to actually reduce the injury risk, no? So, yeah, it's a reality we have to accept. Injuries are going to happen. Um, you can't plan it. You can't um, really know when it's going to happen, of course, um, but you can't prevent it, huh? just as you said. And this stuff with mobility being a preventive measure for injuries, it's a myth, no? It's not working. Um, yeah, it's the harsh truth that people have to accept. I was the one to believe that um, thing too, that mobility reduces risk, injuries and like you know do this mobility drill it's gonna bulletproof your joints just gonna be joints out of steel you know joints out of steel and you do the middle split you have um hips of iron and then nothing's gonna happen to you on a sumo deadlift 
that simply isn't the case. Yeah? Absolutely. On the other hand, to discuss this a little bit more, you have people like, let's say, Coach Summer, the ex-national um, gymnastics coach of, of the U.S., who once said something what always sticks in my mind. He said, if the best in the world stretch the shit out of themselves, what reason do you have to not do it? Oh, that's interesting because, of yes. course, you have another one. I mean, he's coming from gymnastics and gymnastics, they, they need to have a lot of flexibility and, and mobility for the stuff that they are doing. On the other hand, they also have the, the, the difference here is they don't, not, they don't only have to be flexible. They also have to be very mobile. When you do stuff on the rings where you just need to be able to move your body through your arms, like rotating all the way <laughs> and stabilizing yourself in every position that you're doing, um, then, of course, you need maybe some more mobility, flexibility stuff than other people. On the other hand, what's this thing right here? Is, is this really about flexibility and mobility or is it being able to stabilize in certain ranges? Yeah, that's a really interesting topic, you know? Um, and I think that we have to look at the settings that we're talking about when, when you look at gymnastics, for example. I mean, those are really extreme positions compared to something like a squat or setting up for a deadlift or a bench press or dip, whatever, you know? And they obviously need to put in specific work in order to be able to get into those positions. I mean, when you look at something like a mana, which is an extreme skill where you have this immense amount of shoulder extension that you need to be able to maintain, you know, of course you need to have specific mobility stuff in order to progress to that. But for the average person, you probably don't need any specific mobility work to get into basic positions, you know? Um, if you do it for the sensation, like you feel good after stretching, feel free to do so. But if you do it for injury prevention, you're just wasting your time. Simply is like that. But to kind of hop onto the topic of stability, that's really interesting um, that you noted. Like, I think it's important that we define uh, what stability is. So if you could maybe just brief definition of what you find stability is. Um, to me, I would say stability is to be able to bring force into a certain range of motion, which is actually most of the time not flexibility. As um, flexibility, let's say that that's something where you get pulled into maybe from gravity or something. Like if you go into a German hang, The last position of that, when you're really hanging in a German hang, you probably, that's not the most stable position for you in most cases. Um, same goes for when you may stretch overhead. The last position, really stretch the arm backwards uh, overhead, is probably not the most stable position for you as you 
you you press yourself into a position that you usually can't reach. That's flexibility to me. Um, and th this is where mobility comes in. And this is why I um, always connect mobility with stability. As um, let's say I have a certain range with some of my, maybe my arm or my leg or something, um, or even even um, with my spine, yeah, certain ranges where I can move into. What I would say what stability is, you are stable in the range that you can hold for a certain amount of time, for longer time, without having issues there, without maybe even breaking a sweat or something. This may be something like a deep squat position where you just sit in there and when when you really have the perfect positioning right there you are stable in that position and then you put that to the test with maybe an amount of weight on your on your shoulders going into that are you still stable in that position and that's the same thing that you can maybe do with um an overhead position um where you where you Maybe you can reach overhead. How stable is that position actually when you put it to the test with, with some weight or a handstand actually? That's, I would say, that's some, some mobility, but also some stability overhead, in my opinion. So st stability is always when you put pressure on something, how stable is it in the end? So that, that's like a house. You would say a house maybe made out of, of, of wood is stable, usually. A classic one. The one that you build with your kids in the garden. A classic house there. This is not unstable. But is it as stable as the house of stone that you are living in? Probably not. Except of when you are that building guy in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so would you say like stability is the ability to maintain positioning and rigidness and end ranges? Pretty much, yes. Or, or is it also... Uh, connected to other parts of the movements and not just this extreme position like the bottom of the squat or um, the end of an overhead press, you know? It is, stability is also, especially when it comes to the human body, um, maintaining a certain amount of um, being able to work against the forces that come from wherever they come from even let's say a squat is a, again a very good example for that you have to maintain stability during the whole process of the movement so you're it's not only oh you have such a stable uh squat just because you have a good positioning in the, in the lowest position you know you also have to be stable and ha have to keep stability all the way down and all the way up And that's also a very important one to keep that in mind. Um, stability is something where you keep everything in the body stable where it needs to be to 
be as efficient as possible for what you want to do. All right. Yeah, makes sense. I hope I hope that was a good one. Yeah, um, <laughs> an important question now. Does doing squats on a BOSU ball improve stability on a normal squat and thus reduce risk of injury? Usually not. Yeah. It's very important to understand that. Um, when you have uh, maybe an injury in the knee or ha you had that, it's done. Yeah, <laughs> That's very important to say. When you have that, you don't do that. When you had that and you are on the way to recover from that, it may make sense to do squats on a bossu ball or something, maybe an instable thing that you are standing on to make your your maybe uh, usually when when you have the knee as an example the knee gets stabilized from the feet and from the hips because that's a the knee can only go two directions so it needs to get stabilized from two directions and these two when you when you look at at the hips and the feet and stuff like that they get stabilized by muscles And what you do with an unstable underground, this is the same thing that you do with the shoulder um, on rings and stuff like that. When you bring in an unstable underground, more little stabilizer muscles have to work. So that makes sense to use that in case those are not really working. The thing that comes in here, the best way to train that is to bring load on that in the end. Because when you bring load on that, the body has to stabilize a lot of load. And this is the crux where everybody may think, yeah, I have an unstable underground and I have some load. Let's do some loaded Squats on a bossu ball. Let's combine this. And this is where it gets, it gets very, very difficult. Because at that point, the central nervous system jumps in. And the central nervous system is all about keeping you alive. So it will not allow you to use a certain amount of of weight there because it, you will not be able to use all the muscle fibers that you want to use. Because the, 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 the body, the, the, the central nervous system wants to protect you. That's the big, big thing that it has to do in your life. <laughs> so it wants to protect you at that point. So you're probably not using all the muscle fibers that you should use for stabilizing. So at that point, it makes absolutely sense to let the body know, okay, here's something instable. Let's, let's use more stabilizing muscles for this thing so that you can later on, when you put it to the test, use all the muscle fibers that you need. I, tr I try to, to, to explain this a very, very easy way. And I hope it's understandable. <laughs> What do you think? Yeah, that's a nice one. Like, it's interesting to uh, 
research to carry over practicing movements and unstable surface which carrier does it have to stable surfaces you know mm-hmm. um and honestly I, I, i'm not really sure how these two are connected because you know you can't go around the the, the principle of specificity you know mm-hmm. um so that's a really really important one to consider you obviously want to stay as specific as possible to certain movement absolutely and practicing that will obviously make you better at it you know it's not like if your squat on a bosu ball goes up that your back squat will necessarily also go up at the same time i hope nobody got that wrong here yeah that's important to note it's not like you're doing bosu ball squats to improve performance <laughs> That's not the case. You're doing bosu ball squats, maybe on one leg or something, to recover from an injury. But only if your physiotherapist tells you that. That's it. There's absolutely no other reason to do that except of your physiotherapist is telling you to do so. No yes. other reason. There is no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes something that is also very important because from from that point on you may think yeah but then i don't need to do ring um work i don't need to do my ring dips my ring push-ups because it makes no sense at all too and here is something very very important Your hips are not your shoulders. Because your femur is different sitting in your hips than your humerus is sitting in your shoulders. That's different and that's why you need to work a lot more stabilizing shit on the shoulders than on the hips, usually. That doesn't mean you don't have to do any stabilizing work in your in your lower body work. This is why I, I Radu, you know that I always let do people uh, some unilateral work for for lower body. I always do that to mm. just <laughs> keep them being able to to stabilize here. And on the other hand. For the upper body, it makes absolutely sense to do some stability work with rings and stuff like that, or even dumper work. That's still stabilizing. It's needed. Mm-hmm. And that's that that's it's very important to understand that the hips are different to the to the to the shoulders, completely different. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's let's get back onto our topic. I think uh, we went a bit away from it, um, but we'll do a brief um, a brief recap at the end, definitely uh, for everything. Then, can can we actually prevent or reduce injury? Yes, we can reduce with some mobility stuff if if you don't have the range where you want to go in there, you may be able to 
do some 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 mobility drills and and then go into into that range and then learn to stabilize there yes that's true for most people that i have seen most people just have to learn how to move in there most of the people don't need special mobility training most people just need to learn how to move and yeah if, sorry please keep on going yeah and I, i think like using something as technique adaptation and uh, changing it up and adapt adapting it to an individual is definitely the first thing you want to do if you find like some that someone isn't working as good as he could rather than going into some mobility drills to open up whatever um you know because for someone maybe squatting wider should just do the job instead of doing a 20 minute ankle mobility drill you know just going in a wider stance is better for that person no yeah. that's it absolutely i'm i'm 100% um agreeing with that But that this is an easy example. Yesterday I did my I just I, I did hurt my back. And I'm doing a lot of injury risk reduction stuff. But this time I fucked up my back just two weeks ago. It it hurts. And now it's it's better, but I'm filming my back squats. I saw, okay, you're a little bit instable. And I, I just went a little bit wider and put my feet a little bit more. In an into another direction, and that fixed my problem. There was no, oh Nick, do you see the feet? Now you need to drill the feet and have more ankle mobility. And what is going on here? Do you need to stretch the hips or something like that? No, there was just fixing my technique. I saw it on the video, I fixed it, and in the next set, I was able to keep everything in the way how it needed to be and that's a very important one right here to bring that in technique is for most of the people the most important thing for risk reduction i see that all the time people yeah. are coming into our coaching having some some issues having some 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 pain think they are injured and we just tell them well We have to we have to see what's going on, and we Im improve the technique, and immediately the pain is gone, and they're not injured anymore. But they weren't even injured. It was just they're using an incorrect technique, which would lead lead to to something overworking, or maybe I don't know. In the end, it was just fixing the technique that fixed the problem and this is very important to understand here yeah it's interesting that you have people now who are saying that technique doesn't matter and that because our bodies are able to adapt to anything you can just do whatever i mean i can't really comprehend that because there's always a more efficient way to get to load from point a to point b yeah you know And positioning and technique obviously matters. And it's going to be different for each individual. Yes. You know? And how you dose it and what you dose really depends on who you work with. Um, so someone that came in with an injury might have just um, done squats with something that isn't quite tailored to him. 
And it led to, just as you noted, to him overworking a certain region because he's simply working too much through that, you know? Yeah. Just adapting and tweaking a little bit shifts the focus um, of the load to some other body parts, which allows him to work more efficiently and thus reduce risk of injury, you know? Um, and this is not to say that there are bad movements, like I don't like to label movements as bad and positions as necessarily incorrect. We talked about it like um, my stance on spinal flexion has changed a lot in the last year. Yeah, I was a firm believer that spinal flexion is something bad that leads to injury. Um, it's something that people should avoid. Like as noted, body the body can adapt if you properly dose it properly increase to that but this is always different for each individual like for me on the sumo deadlift i can always allow myself a certain amount of spine flexion because i'm able to maintain stiffness there and this allows me to be more efficient with my technique actually because i'm able to allow the shoulders to hang over and thus have a less range of motion mm -hmm. so for someone else this could be too much and actually lead to some overworked um, body parts and thus sometimes to injury. So it's really hard to tell, you know. And this is very important to, to, um, to, to mention here. Um, it's also about all the time, all the time. It, it is about the physics. Um, when, when you're talking about some flexion in your spine, you're probably not saying I have a completely rounded lumbar spine. Of course, yeah. That that's very important to say here. That that's not the case. We're talking about some 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 flexion in the uh, thoracic spine, um, as that's that's where where we can use it for his advantage, and um, where it makes sense. So um, there are some 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 things when we look at it which make absolutely sense, but there are also some general rules to technique, which always come in. I mean, a flexion in the lumbar spine in a deadlift is probably something where I would say that's a very general rule. You shouldn't do it. I would say so. But on the other hand, you can still bring in, that's not a bad movement if you do it once. If you do it over and over and over and over again, plus you're sitting a lot, maybe you're a truck driver and sitting all day, then you are always in a flexion position. There are two, th two views to that. You may think, okay, when that guy is always in a flexion because he's sitting all day in truck and then he's... Um, doing some, some, some deadlifts in a flexion, completely rounded, that can lead to disc prolapse. Absolutely, because they are always pressed out and then they are pressed out under pressure. On the other hand, you could say, okay, maybe that's even better for him because he's now strengthening the position that he's always in. There are two point of views for that. And we still don't know what's wrong and right on that one. It's interesting, but most of the time when it comes to that, there is no bad and no good for that. But for most people, 
And this is generally speaking, it, it is most of the time better to not do a flexion in the lumbar spine when you look at it, to just keep this one closed. And that's very interesting because, um, of course, you will always have some, some exceptions. I don't know. Do you know on Instagram this warm guy? Oh, mm. I have to send that. I'm not sure. There's, there's a guy who's using really big loads on squats and deadlifts, and he has always a rounded back. Always. And he's even he's, he's making jokes about that and calling himself the warm guy and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, he may be an exception of he's not dying from that. But on the other hand, there is a lot of people who are having issues because of rounded back and stuff like that. So in the end... You have also a lot of people who can do their pull-ups with completely elevated and um, protracted shoulder blades, and they're not dying. They still, I mean, to 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 have the connection to the last episode with pulling, um, they they are not dying, and it's for them it's not a bad position. But for a lot of people, it is a shitty position. So in the end. You, you can't really say there's a bad movement. There's a bad position. There's just a position that your body can't tolerate. Mm, that's, that's it. You can't tolerate it. That's it. And this is directly connected to the topic of volume and intensity and how much you dose it, the way you program, you know? Yeah. Obviously, if you have too big of a jump in volume or intensity, whatever, be even if you are in a perfect position you know you can still risk something something absolutely so this this thing volume and intensity management and fatigue management is probably the core of injury risk reduction absolutely you know this is the most important thing i would say yeah and this this is something i see a lot when you when you look into the calisthenics community a lot of people rip their biceps off most of the time that happened because of shitty volume and intensity management at that point. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That, that's why it happened. This is not, not, most of the time it's not an accident. Yeah. It is, it is done by your shitty management. And you, at that point, I don't want, I don't want to be rude to someone at that point because most of the time you don't know that you don't tolerate it until something happens. Mm-hmm. So, on the other hand, this is also very important. There are usually some little small signs that you feel before something happens. Not always, but most of the time you feel that coming. Maybe a little dis- discomfort, maybe just a little nagging, just a little small tiny thing. We all had that. This little thing. Oh, today I feel so tight in my neck. And, mm, and then you feel tight for weeks. And then suddenly the shoulder injury comes in. And we all know that. Take a break. Reduce volume. Reduce intensity. Work up again. Because the thing with that is you can also train yourself into this your body can get used to it when you train him to to get used to it (laughs) there there is some work capacity that you can get used to 
but you always have to to let the body adapt to it give him some time be a little bit more patient at that point that's so important i i have said that so often but the thing with this with this um building momentum it's not only adaption of 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 strength building momentum also means building momentum up to to really have this big wave of volume and intensity build a wave be the tsunami take your time <laughs> yes. and then and then crash into into the world and destroy everything <laughs> that's a nice analogy Ah, I, I think that that's very important. So again, what you said with the volume and, and intensity, this is so, so, so crucial, Rade. Mm -hmm. That's so right. That's so important because that's why, why shit happens all the time. You, you, maybe you're coming from holiday. That, that's what happened to me right now where I was just stupid. I didn't train a lot because I was on holiday. Then I jumped back into training and I had the same thinking of, okay, Nick, you can use the weights that you used before jumping into training. And that's when my, 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 my something in my, in my glutes just overworked because it, it wasn't prepared anymore. I didn't have the capacity anymore. I wasn't able to, to handle that. And it's not like that I'm bad injured or something, but it hurts a little bit. So what, what I forgot was, Nick, you didn't train really and not, not really heavy for one and a half weeks. That's it. And what, I would, what would have been the better solution for me would have been to go into training with less of my ego, going in there, Using the weights that were actually my, my RPE, not what I think what was my RPE, <laughs> because I was used from, from my last block, which was pretty successful. My last blocks were, were really crazy. And then I jumped into that and, and overworked it. So I didn't hit the right volume and intensity. I mean, the volume was not high, but I put in too much intensity and that was my decision that was my personal fault i jumped into that and i decided i can do this that was an ego thing and you can learn from that and i, I dare you to learn from that don't jump into that stuff with a stupid mind of i i think i must be able to do this yes you will be able to do this when you build up the momentum be the tsunami start low come up high that's very important to, to to have it here and that's something where you, what you need to keep in mind when you, when it comes to that stuff most of the time especially when it when your training is rpe based it's us who are taking the wrong decisions your coach never thought of Let's write an RPE down where this guy can injure himself. I want him to get injured. Nobody thinks that way. What the fuck? Come on. <laughs> I think that, that that's a very important one. And then, and then with this volume and intensity, the overworked muscle come in. 
And that's it. Injury is always something where, where something in your body got overworked that can come from an angle that you use the, the maybe wrong technique for that muscle or tissue or something. Yeah, it may, might have been the wrong angle for that one. And volume and intensity, overworked. It's always overworked and that's it. So there's one last thing that Rado brought into this that I really want to leave to you because I think you can really handle it very well. And this is the topic of variety. Yeah, variety is an interesting one. And it's actually proven that if you introduce variety in your training, you actually uh, reduce the risk of injury because, I mean, it's pretty straightforward when you think about it. You just are introducing a similar movement pattern, but not quite hitting the uh, body parts in the same way, you know? And what you can do wonderfully with variety is still introduce volume for that body region for a specific movement pattern, but not really in the same fashion, you know? So if you usually do chin-ups, Introducing something like a pull-up on the other day might be a wonderful way to um, reduce the risk of injury and overuse. Huh? If you were to do chin-ups two times a week, you maybe don't respond to that quite well, but you still are able to get some vertical pulling volume in and in that way have a certain carryover still to the chin-up and still make gains. Yeah. Um, you know, so just introducing variety, of course, not too much variety you don't want to do that too you, know, you want to still stay as specific as possible to the task but introducing some of it not only in the main work but also assistance work throughout the block and from block from one block to the other is another measure alongside with uh, volume and intensity and fatigue management that you can do to reduce the risk of injury yeah yeah this is this is a very interesting um topic because um, you have different, let's say, schools, um, which say different things about it. When, when you look into something like emerging strategies from RTS, they are having less variety when it comes to their development blocks and, and um, also the, the, the really strength phase and stuff like that. Um, and then you also have uh, like Westside with their approach to training. They have such a big load of variety all the time and they're, they are pretty much prepared for anything. And on the, on the other hand, you also have sports like CrossFit, which have such a big variety of movements in, in the competition sport that you might think, okay, um, yes, now we are talking about variety and variety is just um, being, being um, something that, that really keeps you healthy. On the other hand, when, when you are always bringing in something new you you can also get injured from not being prepared for that movement because it was too much variety on that point so that's why you see maybe let's say um i think that must be like three years ago when um they had like ring dips in the crossfit games and they, i think they had like 27 people ripping off the packs I think the point here was they had some 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 variety in training, 
And they were not, they were, they, they were, I mean, in the end, they were pre fatigued, very much pre fatigued on the packs. And that variety was a little bit too much for the for them. And this is for 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 uh, athletes who are used to a massive load of of variety. I mean, we are talking about games athletes. That's. I mean, you can think about CrossFit whatever you want to, but these guys are some of the fittest persons in the world. There's a reason why this is so crazy to be the fittest man on earth. They may not be the 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 biggest squatter in the world. They may not be the one who has the biggest snatch in the world or the highest amount of, of weight that you use in a pull-up or something, but they can actually go into any sport and perform at least well. <laughs> at least well. So they are, in a generalistic way, seen extremely fit. Extremely. I, I, I think... Most of them would just kill me on anything. I, I, I would not be able to go into the games and perform like them. Yeah, they're beasts. I think that CrossFit just gets too much unnecessary aid. Yeah. But there can also be too much variety. So you have to think in, in terms of, yes, I want the variety. And I still want to have the variety over a longer period of time. That's, I think, the most important one right here. So you have periods of time where you do the variety so that you can really overload something until the point where you need to change it and then you change it. So it makes sense to have the variety. It makes sense to keep in mind it might be too much variety, but it makes absolutely sense to see this as a much, much bigger picture. Seeing the timeframes of the variety in like, like really several years. I think that's the important one. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I think we handled everything that we had now right now we handle i think i think do you want to want to want to bring it all together yeah sure um so we talked about using the term injury risk reduction instead of the injury prevention term because you can't really prevent injuries but you can actually reduce the risk of injuries uh, second thing we talked about is mobility. Is mobility a good preventative measure for reducing the risk of injury? And this, the answer to this is for most people, no. So for most people, what are good measures of actually uh, managing injury risk reduction? First thing uh, you want to do is manage the volume and the intensity. You want to plan everything and program everything. Stick to the program, um, as Nick said, build up the wave. You want to be the tsunami, build up the momentum. So start low and also increase low. Um, follow the plan and leave your ego at the door. Second thing you want to do is definitely introduce some variety. So have some variety in your training program um, in whatever form, uh, but be careful because this is a double-edged sword. Um, too much variety can be counterproductive as well as not enough variety. So you want to properly dose that. And third thing, obviously, technique. 
does matter. Um, yeah, so there's always a more efficient way to move a weight. Um, don't be afraid of certain movements and don't label them as bad. You can adapt to everything, uh, what you can adapt to and what's the best position for you. It's highly individual and you have to find out for yourself. So I think we have everything there, no? Yes. In the end, to put it all into one sentence, the risk reduction is to make sure you don't overwork a tissue or a muscle. That's it. And these are the ways to do so. I hope this one helped you a lot. If you need any help with that, we are here. <laughs> we, we are doing that stuff for a living. So um, bar-bellcoaching.de slash links. There you can find us to get some help with that. And we would love to, to be the supporting guys to help you with that. All right. Enjoy yourself. Have a good training. Don't get injured and get very, very, very strong. Have a good one. <laughs>